All right, you guys, we are back with another Sincerely Chronicles podcast. You know we are back with the Sincerely A New Mommy segment, which, as you guys know, I am so excited um, about this new mommy phase. Um, Even more than that, just bringing you all the real, the raw, you know, that is my thing of my nature. Um, And just so excited to share with you guys my journey. It is, it has been amazing, life-changing, real, raw, hard, like everything you can imagine. Um, As you can see from this uh, title, we are going to be talking about um, postpartum. And I know when a lot of people hear postpartum, they automatically think of depression. Um, No, it's not that type of vibe. Um, We're talking about life after pregnancy, life after you leave that hospital. So postpartum is more than just um, a a feeling, you know, or a, a mental state, but it's just about life in general. After you have that child, once you leave that hospital, as soon as you bring that little bundle of joy home. So we're going to be talking about actually two things. We're going to talk about um, postpartum, life after the hospital, slash, and this is a big thing that a lot of people have asked me about, um, when is it appropriate to, one, have visitors and to post your child on social media? So let's let's get into um, the first topic, and that is kind of like, um, you know, uh, postpartum and bringing your child home from the hospital. But also, I am going to go into like postpartum depression and a lot of things and, and comments that came up that I've kind of discussed in previous podcasts as um, sincerely a pregnant woman, um, because like I did say in my um I think it was my two cents podcast where I said there were a lot, well, not a lot, but there were people who gave me a lot of feedback about, oh, you know, after you have your baby, you know, you get depressed and you're going to get sad and you're going to think about this. And, you know what I'm saying? So we're going to talk about all of that. So um, first, let's start with, um, let's follow up labor and delivery. Um, thank you guys so much for all the feedback, the comments, the DMs that you all sent me um, in response to just like me opening up about um, my journey with my labor and delivery, it was, you know, a very difficult, um, time for me because like I said, I had kind of mapped these things out and planned for something and obviously it didn't go as I planned. However, it did not take away from the beautiful experience that I had. Um, however, it did make my postpartum a little bit differently than I expected. Um, as mentioned, I had a C-section, so I did stay in the hospital a little bit longer than most would have. I was actually in the hospital for about a week. Um, and, uh, I was excited to say the least to go home. Um, I was overjoyed. I had been asking pretty much to go home since like the second or third day. I was pretty much miserable in that hospital. I hated it there. Um, I was just ready to spend time with my child and just look at her and, you know, be a new mom without all these nurses and doctors constantly coming in, doping me up with different meds and things like that. Um, This is where our postpartum conversation and our visiting conversation will collide. Um, When... After I gave birth, obviously, because now we're in the COVID era, 
um, I was only allowed to have two visitors in the hospital. And obviously, Chris' dad was one. And then my grandmother was my other support person because that's the family that I have in Chicago. Um, and obviously, I live in Chicago. So, you know, like most people, I'm sure the father of your child is going to be at the hospital. And then you're probably going to want, as a mom, you know, you want your parent. Um, so, you know, my grandmother was the only person that was here. If it was up to me, my aunt probably would have been in town or if I could have my dad in town, you know, they, they would have been like my person. Um, but with that, um, because of COVID, you can only have two people, um, two visitors and they couldn't even be there at the same time. So if my grandma was there, Chris had to leave. And if Chris was there, my grandma had to leave. Um, and, you know, it, it made things very difficult because obviously they had, you know, different working schedules and times when they could be available. So it, it just made things, um, a little hectic and I was just ready to go home, you know, because of that in general. However, um, the reason why these two topics will collide is because when I was finally told that I could be released from the hospital, um, Chris's family wanted to see the baby, of course, and it's not that I had a problem with him with them seeing the baby. It was more so the timing. So after you've been in the hospital for five to seven days, the last thing you want to do is to go home and be bombarded with more visitors. Um, I remember on the final day, me and Chris having a bit of an argument because I was trying to explain to him that. I just wanted to go home and be alone with my child um, and him. Like, you know, we're a new family and I've been in the hospital for days and he had been able to, you know, like come and go as he pleased. Obviously we have dogs at home. He had to go and tend to them. He would come back and bring, you know, snacks or food or, you know, blankets or socks, you know, those kind of toiletries and stuff for me. So he had been able to get out and see the real world. Whereas I was trapped in this hospital room. I couldn't even leave the room. Um, so, you know, I, I just wanted to go home. I didn't want to be bothered. I didn't want to see any family. Um, and on the other hand, you know, obviously his family was like, well, they wanted to see the baby because they didn't get to. And me and Chris had a bit of a, an argument, not even really an argument, but a disagreement because I say, you know, I, I don't want to see anybody. Um, it's my first day out of the hospital and I just want to be alone with you guys. Like I haven't had any alone time. And you know, it was really hard trying to communicate that to him for him to be able to understand that although, yes, I get your family feels like they missed out and they didn't get to come and visibly see our daughter. Um, just this one day I would like to have to myself, you know, I did just have major surgery. I'm not feeling like my best. I don't really want to be seen. And I also just want to be with our daughter together alone. Um... It was a tough conversation, you guys, and um, that day we did end up just going along. We didn't have, we, we ended up going home. We didn't have any visitors, um, but I could definitely tell that it struck a nerve, you know what I'm saying, and I, I get it, you know, I, I definitely understood that. Um, however, it kind of brings us to the topic of life after the hospital. Now, traditionally, I'm sure Everybody knows, you know, when you have a newborn baby, there's kind of this wiggle room for when you should have visitors, you know. There's all of these different unspoken rules, you know. If you do have visitors, they should wash their hands before they touch the baby. If they're going to hold the baby, 
um, they should, you know, have on like a, a receiving blanket so that the baby isn't touching their skin or, you know, different things like that. But with COVID, there's even more things to consider. There's masks. It's, you know, a conversation of are you vaccinated or are you not vaccinated? You know what I'm saying? Do you want, do I want to allow people to hold my child? Um, then there's other things because of the time period that we're in. Um, you know, uh, something as simple as taking pictures, posting. Um, people who follow me on my personal page as well as the Sincerely Chronicles page, I have not posted my child. Um, and it was a conversation that was had between Chris and I in which he actually did not want to even send pictures to people. And this includes family members as well as friends. Whereas I didn't mind sending pictures to family and very close-knit friends who understood my beliefs as far as not sending out those pictures and things like that. Um, and, it, you know, it was a tough, it was a tough conversation because obviously you have to be able to listen to your partner to understand their reason behind things. Um, personally, my reasoning for not sharing um, pictures of my child with people is because I'm gonna be really real with y'all when babies are born they be looking like little aliens or like you know they don't really look like anything so my thing is why would I set my child up for failure and send a picture of my child to people and they finna be like "Ooh, child look at this baby you look like blah 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 or you know what I'm saying you know everybody everybody want to see what your child look like because what they want to be nosy like they want to see oh do it look like the mama or do it look like the daddy you know what I'm saying? What characteristics did he get? Is the baby cute? Is the baby light-skinned? Is the baby dark-skinned? You know what I'm saying? Do the baby got hair? Like, there's a lot of different things to take into consideration. And because of this, you know what I'm saying, it just makes you more anxious about, you know, I guess you could say how people are going to react and what people have to say. And although I'm a person who don't really care about what people have to say, I just felt like I'm just not going to put myself in a predicament to have to treat anybody over my child. Um, so that was kind of the big thing for me. Also, I just felt like, um, you know, the first couple weeks, you, you just, it's just private. Like, let me and my baby be alone. Um, Chris, on the other hand, his views had a lot to do with whether or not he had a girl or a boy. As many people know, we did not find out the gender prior to having our child. So we literally found out um, when we had our child, we did everything gender neutral. And Chris's take on it was, if we had a boy, um, not that he would feel more comfortable sharing the child with people, but... Um, you know, it's different for a man having a son. I, I don't know really what his reasoning is, but I know for sure he did mention, like, having a little girl. He felt like that's a little bit more personal. Um, and he doesn't want to share his little girl with with anyone. And I could definitely understand that, you know, as, as a dad, you know, you want to be protective of your of your little girl. And me being a daddy's girl, I definitely understand because, you know, I, I want that sense of protection and love and, and, and things like that. So I completely understood it. Um, and him knowing that I'm a more public person, I felt like I needed to be able to respect his boundaries and, you know, obviously not post a baby on social media and different things like that out of respect for him. Although I'm not gonna lie, y'all. My baby is so adorable. 
and I really just want to share her with the world but you know I'm trying to give it some time um but that brings up the question of when is the appropriate time to share your child with the world when is the appropriate time to post your child on social media um and we're going to address that after I kind of go back to our original topic of talking about postpartum life after pregnancy so obviously I just kind of got through telling you guys the story about coming home which is what kind of intertwined the topics of one you know life after pregnancy but also um when the appropriate time is to share your child with the world or you know just friends and family in general now um during my pregnancy I I I could say towards the end of my pregnancy towards the end of my pregnancy I was a little bit um I guess you could say sad about the fact that you know I think in January I had it was my birthday I turned 27 yay but also it was my baby shower and because of COVID I had to cancel my actual baby shower and I had like a drive-by baby shower now it was a big deal for me because my parents live out of town so anybody who knows me personally my parents consist of my dad and my aunt and my dad lives in Minnesota and my aunt lives in Texas so you know, to be, you know, bringing a new child into the world. I hadn't physically seen my father in over two years. And my aunt, it had been some time as well. So it's like, I wanted them to be physically there, you know, before I gave birth. And to think that I was going to give birth and they still weren't physically here. It was scary for me. And I it just made me a little weary about, um, you know, coming home and being a new parent. Like, I just felt like I had questions and I wanted my dad to be there. I wanted my aunt to be there. I wanted to be able to ask them these questions because I was having my first child. Um, And, you know, I didn't know what it was going to be like. And I think a part of me was, uh oh, yeah, I dropped something. Um, A part of me was a little jealous because Chris's family does live here. And not only do they live here, they live very close. And they're like always around. And I mean, it's great that they're around, but at the same time, I'm not gonna lie, y'all. It's annoying. Um, and it's not like annoying in a bad way. It's just that sometimes I feel like me and Chris have to have better communication about boundaries when it comes to um, having guests over. So I'm the type of person, if I plan to have company over, I'm gonna let Chris know, or, you know, ahead of time, either a day before or whatever maybe some hours before. When he has company, I find out when they hear. And I kind of don't like that because it's just not fair to me, you know, if I want to be dealing with people at the moment. I just like to kind of get like a forewarning. Um, And he still hasn't caught on to that in the seven years we've been together. Um, But coming home, all I kept thinking about was, oh my God, I have this new baby. Um, I have a lot of dogs and I wonder how my baby is going to react to the dogs. Although, yes, she was in my womb and I had these dogs. I wonder like if, you know, the reaction is going to be fear, you know, she's going to be scared of the dogs. How are the dogs going to react to her? Are they going to be jealous? You know, things like that. And then it's like, oh my God, anytime the doorbell rings, the dogs go crazy. 
oh my goodness, like, how is she going to react to that? Like, so that's kind of another reason why I was really afraid to have visitors. I'm like, oh my God, you know, someone's going to come over to see the baby and they're going to make so much noise and it's going to wake her up and I'm going to be, you know, traumatized. She's going to be traumatized. So that was kind of like one of my first, like, really like postpartum worries. Like, how is life going to be with five dogs? a new baby and people constantly trying to come over and see my baby um so i was very weary to have guests however i also understood that i was going to need help and in the back of my mind i knew my family was not going to come to my house because i have dogs and they don't like dogs whereas chris's family they've already been around they know all of our dogs they don't care they'll still come around but it's like that's not who i wanted to really be bothered with so soon after having the child um so that became another worry um in addition to that you know i think that i kind of had that fear like a lot of women probably do but don't really say it when you have a child and it's your first child you there's no handbook you don't know what to do you know in the hospital if i fall asleep you know a nurse is coming in every couple of hours so they were checking on the baby and um I felt like because I had siblings, um, I kind of knew what to do versus Chris, he has no siblings. There's not even any babies in his family. My child is the first baby since Chris was a baby. Um, so, you know what I'm saying? That's like 30 years. And I was just kind of afraid how he was going to be once we got out of the hospital. I will be very transparent. In the hospital, um, Chris was really in and out. Um, I think it was very hard for him to accept um, really how bad labor and delivery went for me and, you know, like the pain that I was in and just seeing me not myself, I think that it put a lot of stress on him. He felt like, you know, he had, there was so much, I'm not gonna lie, there was a lot of pressure on him, um, a lot of things that I took care of, which I kind of, now looking back on it, I think that's my fault. Um, you know, I I took care of the household. I took care of, you know, cleaning the house and maintaining the house. If things went wrong, you know, I took care of getting them fixed and doing laundry and organizing things. And, you know, even though he took care of the dogs, I orchestrated those things. So for me to be in the hospital and I can't do anything but, you know, really care for our child, barely, and him have to go home, feed himself, clean up the house, take care of the dogs, it was a lot. And also, um... Well, he didn't go to work while I was in the hospital, but he was he was going back and forth from the house to the hospital. Um, on top of that, I think our washing machine was out. So he was leaving the hospital, having to go and pick up our clothes, go to the laundromat, wash the dog stuff, go to his parents' house, wash our clothes, you know, bring me stuff back to the hospital, go back out, you know, feed himself or, you know, do different things. And it was a lot. I'm not going to lie. And it was hard for me because it made me feel like, you know, why do you keep going home and taking care of the dogs? Like, I just had a baby. I need your help. You need to be here. On the other hand, transitioning home, I was like, okay, well, once I get home, it's going to be, you know, much better. He's going to be there. Um, and I won't feel as much stress. I won't lie to you guys. Um, the first day that we went home, I'm pretty sure he left. Like, we came in the house. I got settled. Um, seeing my house in chaos. I obviously cleaned up. 
<laughs> um, I really couldn't help it. I had to clean up. Um, but I remember him leaving to like, I think go do laundry and, you know, I was trying to get her to sleep. The dogs were barking and honestly, I didn't have the strength to let the dogs out. I couldn't yell at the dogs. After you have a C-section, yelling, laughing, coughing, sneezing, it all hurts. Um, and I just felt like I couldn't do anything. And it wasn't even that I couldn't do anything. I couldn't do what I was used to doing. And that was very difficult for me. Um, and so that's when I realized like, wow, life after the hospital is really going to be different. Um, so the first day, the first night was, was definitely difficult. Um, that night, um, my child, she slept through the night. Um, the next morning, everything was really like, it was fine. Like it reminded me of the hospital. Her feeds were pretty much the same. Um, I was pumping and now that I was home, she was latching onto the breast. Um, I hadn't showered like the first, like, I think day, maybe two, but I wasn't even thinking about it. Another thing that, um, kind of was off was. I wasn't eating. I was just so into her and drinking water. All I did was drink water because they told me if you want breast milk, you got to drink water and pay attention to her. Like, and I tried to, you know, sleep when she would sleep or, you know, whatever the case was. But to be honest, I was way more focused on cleaning my house because it didn't look, you know, it, it looked crazy. I had been in the hospital for a week. Um, and within those first couple of days, I think I came home on, when did I come home? I could have sworn it was like, it had to have been a Tuesday. I think it was a Tuesday. And I remember my aunt got into town on that Wednesday. And I want to say that she actually watched the baby um like Thursday and he went back to work no she yeah she she watched the baby like Wednesday or something like that and he went back to work like Friday and I was very very upset with him but at the same time I took into consideration like I'm a very logical person and when I say logical I mean financial um I had been taken into consideration before I even went into labor that when I went on maternity leave I was not going to be bringing home the same check because I was told like my check was going to be only two-thirds during my maternity leave and um I have a lot of bills and um I did not want Chris to have to take on my financial debt um, while I was on maternity leave, you know, for six or more weeks. And, you know, obviously we have a home together and then we have this new baby and I didn't want him to feel stressed out financially. So I understood why he wanted to go back to work so that we were not missing out because I was in the hospital for a week. And during that time, he was not working. So we weren't going to be bringing in the same amount of money. Um, so I convinced myself that it was okay for him to go back to work. What became the issue was he went back to work and he worked like 5 a.m. to, let's say, 2.30 p.m. 
um, obviously he can't really help me at night. And that's what became the issue. My daughter decided as soon as her dad went to work that she was going to give me hell at night. And I remember one night she cried so hard and I didn't want to wake him up because he had to be at work in a couple hours. And I just sat with her and she cried and I cried because she was crying. And I was crying because I just felt so bad. I couldn't get her to stop crying. And at the same time, I wanted to go to sleep. And I didn't want to bother Chris because he had to go to work. And in that moment, I realized, like, oh, my gosh, I'm really a mom. Like, I don't know why, but in that moment, that's when I realized I'm a mom. I have a child. This child depends on me. I have to do everything that I can to keep her and make her happy. Um. And honestly, that night he did wake up and he was able to get her to go to sleep. I went in the bathroom, I sat on the toilet, I cried and I wiped my face. I came out of the bathroom and I went in like the guest room and I just slept. I slept until the next morning. He must have put her back in the bassinet in the room with me. And she started to cry because it was time for her next feed. But I felt so much better, but I felt so bad that, you know, I needed his help. And when he got home and we talked about it, he obviously was like, like, niece, that's what I'm supposed to do. Like, you're supposed to ask for my help. But I am so used to doing everything myself that I, it's like I had too much pride to even ask him for his help with his child as well. Um, And I say that, I tell that story just to say, like, you know, we can't do it all. Like, I just knew I was going to be super mom because I was like super girlfriend or something like that. But, you know, you can't do it all. Like at the end of the day, you need help and it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to say that you don't know it all. Um, And that's when I realized I was going to have to allow some guests, um, some visitors and be open to, you know, learning something else or asking questions and being comfortable with asking people for help. And, um... I think I had, it kind of started with people saying like, oh, they were just going to drop off some stuff. And when they would drop off some stuff, um, then they would, you know, stick around and they would be able to hold and console her while I did something. And, uh, you know, that made me feel so much better. I remember, I think Brianna, my friend, came over and she was just dropping some stuff off for the baby. and. I stunk and I just kept telling her like oh my god I stink I feel like ever since I've been breastfeeding like I'm just always musty and like I just need to take a shower she was like go ahead and give me a shower and when I got in that shower y'all I mean I stood there for a few minutes and I definitely cried a little bit because I was so happy to be taking a shower and then I like scrubbed my body and I felt so good when I got out I put like my body butter on and you know she just talked to me and it didn't even have to be about like the baby even though I told her stuff about the baby but you know what I'm saying and it just made me feel like a person you know like I wasn't just this mom and um I wasn't just you know doing everything by myself and it made me also feel better about some of the complaints that I had because I I was still like in my feelings um with Chris a little about certain things because I felt like at the end of the day, you know, because I have this new baby, 
and you know she really depends on me and I'm breastfeeding and I know her schedule because I'm with her throughout the day and at night um I kind of had some I guess you could say resentment that you know as a man he could leave when he wanted to you know he can get off work come home take a nap get up go to the gas station go to the store you know what I'm saying and I was just gonna sit sit at home and have the baby and I had a lot of resentment towards him for that because I felt like he didn't even consider that I wanted a break you know I I wanted to to be alone or you know have time without the baby and go to the store and I'll say the first like week um I did go out I went to like my grandma's house and I was able to see my dad because my dad was in town um, and then that second week, my aunt came into town, and she actually took the baby, and I let her stay there for um, overnight, and that was when the baby was, like, two weeks, so this is the first time we got to have, like, alone time without the baby, and I was so excited, I thought we were going to, like, have a date night, and to be honest, it did not go as planned, um, we actually ended up having, like, a, like, literally an entire night of, like, an argument, but it wasn't an argument, it was, like, a really good, deep conversation that we needed to have about our viewpoints about family um, and have a family around and the role that our families play in our lives and in our child's lives. And it's just amazing because it's, it's a conversation that should have happened maybe prior to us having the child, but you know, it took for, I guess, trial and error for things to go wrong for us to have the conversation and say how we wanted things to go. And I kind of say this to say that you know, coming home after having a brand new child, it's it's not, you know, peaches and cream, but it's not as hard as they make it seem, you know? Yeah, your, your child is going to cry and they're going to want to eat and maybe they'll have a rash or, you know, you can't clean your house when you want to, you can't shower when you want to. But to be honest, all of those things were so minuscule. Like, to be honest, I am, I was, I do clean, you know, like, I know that people say you shouldn't, but when my baby naps, I'm not tired during the day, I clean my house, I cook breakfast, I make tea, I watch TV, you know, when she gets up, I feed her, you know, she goes back to sleep, I may nap then, and yeah, her schedule is crazy, you know, I, I talk to some friends, and I'm up every night from midnight to 4 a.m., but you get used to it and the love for your child that you have it makes it better and you don't feel as bad you know about the sleepless nights um I honestly do now that I have been able to experience I mean I know it's only been three weeks but now that I've been able to experience it I do understand why um moms go through postpartum depression um and I think that's all about your support system one thing I can say is I have people who they are willing to help if I ask for it. Um, and also they allow me to vent when I need to. Um, I also can say that I'm glad that Chris, he wants to be there. He wants to do everything that he can. So I know there was a day this week where, you know, I didn't care. I mean, I love my baby. I'd be with her all day and all night. But I wanted to go to the grocery store. 
and even though I love to go to the grocery store in the morning, I didn't go, get to go until yesterday at like five o'clock in the afternoon. But I told Chris like, you know, this is, I need this for me. I need some me time. And I went to like three grocery stores and I ran some errands for my property and went to the bank and I just felt so accomplished. Now I'm not gonna lie, I was tired as hell after, but it felt so good to feel like you know a boss again like you know like yeah I'm a mom but I can go grocery shopping I can you know go and collect my rent for my tenants and you know do all of this stuff it felt good and I wanted to vlog it but y'all I brought my whole camera and didn't even have a sim card in it that's that new mom brain but um knowing that now you know I do want to definitely start you know posting more visible content on YouTube because I'm starting to get the hang of things you know like I'm starting to understand how to say this is what I need to get done today and do it um because it is very easy to have a baby and to just lay in bed feed them go to sleep wake up feed them again you know go back to sleep go to the bathroom maybe eat a snack watch some TV and just keep doing the same thing all day and I say this because I did it. Um, if it wasn't for people like my friend Christina calling me in the morning while she's at work, you know, just to have a morning conversation. So get me into some kind of routine or my other friend Jazz call me, you know, at the night times when she knows that my baby is going to be up from midnight to four. Just so I have some type of company to make me feel like, you know, the day is not over or, you know, the interactions I get on Instagram with different friends. Um, just cracking some jokes or asking how I'm doing. Those things help keep you out of that depressing mindset because, you know, it really all comes from stress and feeling like you have no one. So you tell yourself you have no one and you feel alone and then you become, you, you get into a depressed mindset. Um, for me, I'm a very cut and dry person. I say exactly how I feel. So as soon as I feel like something is uncomfortable for me, I'm like, okay, Chris, so it really makes me mad that, you know, it's Saturday and Sunday, you ain't got to work, and, you know, you ain't get up during the middle of the night to help me with the baby. And that's all I got to do is say that, and then boom, next thing you know, Sunday, he like, is she crying? Does she need her diaper change? I'll do it. You know, she's crying. Does she need a bottle? I'll fix it. You know, and, I, and I'm glad that I have that because it could be a lot worse. You know, it could be very different. Um, and now that I'm getting to that point and it is week three and, you know, it's Sunday night. So Monday is tomorrow and Thursday, she will officially be a month. And I'm super duper excited about that. And now I'm kind of coming to that point where we kind of go back to the topic of when is the right time to, you know, show your baby to the world. To be honest, I still don't know. Um, I do know that it was always my plan to kind of like introduce her to the world or my segment of books with baby um, because I am going to be bringing those real life videos um, and readings to YouTube. However, um, I am at a point where I know there are people who are dying to see her. I don't know for what reason, but you know, they are. And I feel like if you really want to see her and be a friend, just hit me up and come over because it's not like I've said that people couldn't come over. I feel like people haven't, they, maybe they don't know how to ask um, and they're not comfortable because people know like, I'm very straight and direct. I'll ignore you if I feel like ignoring you and I'll tell you no if I want to tell you no. Um, 
but also, you know, I do have like a thousand dogs, so that can deter a person as well. And I get that and I'm okay with that. Um, but I can say that with her, um, about to turn a month, I do think that I'm ready. Um, obviously it's something I have to talk to Chris about and see if that's something he's ready for because Chris is very private. I mean, he doesn't post anything on his social media. No one would even know his social media if they scramble through my followers to find him. Um, so it's not a him thing, but me and for my journey, I do feel like I'm ready. And because I'm such a, a open book type of person, I think that it will just help my followers just connect a little bit better. Um, I can say that followers that I have built like a close relationship with, um, I have sent, you know, maybe a picture, um, like the same general picture that I have sent to everyone, but it's really not that many. There are very few people who have seen my child if they haven't seen them in person. Um, but I would say, you know, let me know, um, on my Instagram page, Sincerely Chronicles, you know, when do you think is the right time to start having visitors, um, to, to start, uh, start posting to social media, um, photos of your child? Is it wrong to tell other people you cannot share photos of my child? Please do not post, you know, their name or this or different things like that, because, I had had those kind of um situations like you know my close friends hey yeah you can see a picture or yeah you know that you know my child's name but that's not something that I've brought to the public so I don't want you to do it you know what I'm saying and you just have to be respectful of um other people's thoughts um and not not the thoughts but of you know what their plans are and what they want to do what I can say is my mom's journey has definitely been interesting. Um, leaving the hospital, I've learned a lot about myself. Um, and that's as far as my mental. I think that mentally I've become so much stronger because um, my child has inspired me to want more. Like I was already naturally a go-getter. Now it is go time. Like for one, I've set and already bought so much shit on Amazon. Like... <laughs> Oh, I have to get back to work immediately because Sissy Pop is taking all my coins, okay? And I did not see that coming. But, um, you know, mentally, I'm, uh, I feel so much happier just because I just off the strength of I want to be better for her. I want to give her everything. I want to give her everything I didn't have, everything I did have, um, everything I wanted. I want that for her. Um, physically, I mean... I'd be ready to move mountains. I mean, breastfeeding is tough. And I'm telling you, I'm not going to miss a pump for her. Um, And, you know, that's something that has gotten so, so strong, you know, my mental, my physical. Um, I'm not the same girl who was so insecure about my body before I had my child, like, or even during my pregnancy. Like, if you guys are following my... um my postpartum like weight check-ins and things like that like being this comfortable showing you all my body and showing you my weight and that kind of stuff like I was so insecure before I had her and now I'm more comfortable in my skin than ever and I hope that you guys you know not only support me but if there's anything you need from me on this journey to help you um, coming into your journey, you know, if you want to have a child, if you are pregnant, please let me know because I have no problem sharing that 
um, on any of my podcasts, um, on my page or anything like that. I completely support, you know, having a very transparent um, pregnancy journey and, and, and just like motherhood journey. It has been so revitalizing for me. Like, I, I swear, like, this journey has just made everything so much better. And I'm just so glad that I shared it with, you know, everyone who wants to listen. Um, but anywho, back to what I was originally saying. Um, overall, postpartum has been a complete learning experience. Um, and I've had so many friends who have been so helpful. I mean, like, if Candace only knew how many, like, text messages I'm sending to ask questions and just different people in general, there's so many different people who have been so helpful, um, along my journey. And I just want to say to, like, you know, any of my work family, like, please do not feel any way if I didn't respond to any of your text messages or, you know, anything like that, because it wasn't personal. One thing I have learned since having my baby, it is okay to put your phone on do not disturb and tune everybody out. Honestly, it's okay to not put your phone on do not disturb, but still tune everybody out. Anybody who knows me knows that I will ghost people. Um, And it's not nothing personal. I do feel like um, before having my baby, my peace was everything to me. And now that I've had my baby, peace is even more. Um, There are friendships that I have just let go. There are people that I don't care to talk to. There are, you know, relationships that I no longer want. They, they did not fuel me. They did not do anything for me. And there are people that I have lost that I'm okay with. And I'm learning having my child, like, life moves on. Life doesn't stop. And that's what I kind of want to tell you guys about your postpartum experience. Your postpartum experience is what you make of it. If you feel like you you have to you can't take on the world and life is getting the best of you that will translate through to your child and that is how I feel like people become depressed if you're unhappy that's the energy that you're giving to your child and they will then be not happy you know what I'm saying and then that will put you in an even deeper and darker space you know you feel like you can't do this and you can't do that you have to change that around you have to tell yourself one you can do it you got this and you gonna get it done. Like the way I keep myself going is just thinking about all the great things that I'm going to do in the future with my child. I can't wait to travel. I can't wait to, you know, go to museums and zoos and different things like that. Stuff that I never really cared about before. Now I can't wait to do it. And I say this just to say like, you don't have to believe everything that people tell you. And that was my whole point of the Two Cents podcast. People will tell you a lot of things, you know, what can happen or what you need to do or what you should do. Do what you feel is best. Do what is right to you. Do what makes you happy. Don't don't care about anybody else or what anybody else tells you to do because there's so many things that people told me. And guess what? I had to do what was best for me. And I'm happy that I did that. I'm happy that I followed my own advice because I've been happy. But. Um, at the end of the day, you know, let me know, um, give me some feedback. Let me know on the Sincerely Chronicles page what you thought of this podcast. Um, this was a, a, I guess you can call it like 
an infused postpartum slash um, baby announcement uh, podcast. And um, just let me know, you know, um, what do you, what do you think about my journey? What what more could I tell you? Um, what what more would you want to hear? Um, if you have any questions, please DM me or leave a comment under um, the podcast post. And just let me know, you know, like, when do you think is the right time to allow visitors or to post your child on social media? And, you know, if you were in my shoes, how would you have reacted to, you know, your significant other wanting to have visitors the day you got out of the hospital? Um, or, you know what I'm saying, your significant other going back to work less than a week after having a child, um, you know, a newborn child. A lot of people, that would have been very frustrating. Um, but I want to know you guys' take. Um, but as always, I am so glad that we were able to have um, this outlet for me to be able to tell you how life has been for me. Um, I hope that you enjoyed it. Um, please continue to follow me on, you know, any of our different platforms. Also, if you're not, please go and subscribe to the Sincerely Chronicles page on YouTube. Um, I plan to have content dropping very, very soon. Um, as always, thank you so much for tuning in. I am your girl, Shanice, and this wraps up another podcast with Sincerely, A New Mom. Peace.